NFL schedules are out, and we already knew who the Chiefs would play in the 2021 season. Now we know the dates and times. And that's our topic today on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, May 13th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Beat writers Herbie Tiope and Sam McDowell are here to break down the schedule. And I think some NFL teams look at their schedules to find opportunities of success. You know, maybe a stretch of games against non-playoff teams from last year or something like that. The Chiefs don't need to do that. You know, there's some places like the first two games against the Browns and the Ravens that are against teams that were in the playoffs last season. But when you consider the Chiefs are playing a first-place schedule for the fifth straight season and they've made the playoffs in all the previous years, including the last two Super Bowls, you tend to look at a schedule a little differently. For instance, last year, did anyone believe that the Chiefs were going to win rather convincingly at Buffalo and Baltimore and then struggle at home against Carolina and Atlanta? After a break, we changed topics and discussed the Indianapolis Colts signing of Eric Fisher and former Chiefs great Tom Bahali signing a one-year deal to retire as a Kansas City Chief. So, lots to talk about. Let's get started with Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell. Well, Herbie Teope's favorite day of the year just passed. Um, NFL schedule release day. I, I know, Herbie, you gear up for this. It's, it's like your Super Bowl, isn't it? Um, but I, I know how you feel about it, I'm, and I'm with you. It, it, it's a, it, the NFL has turned this into a... Um, an extravaganza, and I don't blame the NFL. Look, they're they're trying to, you know, they they they're the masters at creating interest in, um, you know, in, in non-events, and they they for we know every team the Chiefs are playing. We know they're playing them home or road, um, but they somehow have created suspense and drama for a schedule release day, but. Um, but it, it, for you and for you and Sam, it's an all day thing. You got to pay attention in case some news leaks out during the day. Yeah. And, and it's, you're, you're right about the, the extravaganza. I mean, like they didn't start televising this until what their first show was 2010. And then it was a two hour extravaganza. And now it's three to four hours long. And it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit over the top to me. Just, just release the schedule. It, you know, the good old days, Blair, you remember this. It was an email. You got the email and then you went from there. But now it's, I don't get what the suspense is. Uh, I, I, I don't know what their ratings are going to look like because I know once the schedule comes out, I don't turn in to watch the show. You know, we, we've got deadlines to meet. Uh, but, you know, it, the NFL, you're right. They have figured out a way to continue to draw interest. I mean, I don't even know if the fans watch the show. <laughs> fans just want to know the date so they can lock down their travel. But it is what it is. Yeah, we, we knew... We knew early in the morning that the um, somehow well CBS announced it right the week one game so you knew early in the morning on on Wednesday that the Browns were the the Chiefs' first opponent the opening uh, the opening game opponent um, and then it's during the day you learned I guess uh, I found out uh, who who was the Washington football team leaked their schedule so you found out when they were playing Washington and finally by by the evening you, you got all the information. Um, uh, there is there are some differences this year, right? There's a 17th game, and, uh, and and we found out that the Packers are the Week Nine opponent. The games at Arrowhead, I was a little surprised that one wasn't on prime time. Um, Sam, any what, what were your sort of you know surface schedule observations with the 
with the news yesterday. Well, I, I think the NFL should actually take it a step further based on the, based on the react. Like I, I agree that I don't like the way that it's done, but the fans love it. And if they love it, I, I told Herbie yesterday, they should release a, a game like every 30 minutes. No. You know, the, week, <laughs> the week two slate comes out at eight. The week three comes out at eight 30. I mean, just, just go all in and, and release this thing. Like, you know, like it's, it's some sort of uh you know, it, it, you see uh, this with music these days, where there's these surprise these surprise drops, like like at midnight or something like that. I think the NFL should just fully embrace it, just go all in on it. <laughs> Much to what, the detriment of those of us who cover it, but I, I still well, think yeah, yeah, embrace yeah. it. Here's the crazy thing: they treat this schedule like you need a Jason Bourne like level five security clearance to see the games and the times, and, and yet here here are all the leaks. You know, it's it's. Under the threat of being fired, people still freaking put it out there, and it's 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 insane. Look, you know, maybe Sam is on to something. But don't forget, this is um, the same sports organization that now charges fans at the NFL Combine to watch people do bench pressing. <laughs> so maybe Sam is on to something here. It, we're not that far off where we're going to have 17 days of the NFL schedule release. <laughs> <laughs> One a day. You never know. I, I actually just on the spot came up with something. You could actually put a fan in the Roger Goodell chair and, and <laughs> announce that that fan gets to announce, you know, one game, just make it an all day TV event. Um, well, I'll tell you one thing it, it, it is. It's become programming, right? Um, it's, it's a day, a couple days worth of programming for the NFL Network or for the ESPN. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of content for the websites. One good thing that's come out of it uh, over the last few years, and, and I enjoy, and before we started recording, I was watching a few of these, the schedule release videos that the teams put out. Yes, yeah, so oh, really good. Really yeah. good, clever. The Chiefs did one this year with Andy Reid that you can uh, you can find on KansasCity.com. It's, that's kind of fun. They did two, actually, one with Andy Reid and one with Dante Hall. Um, I looked at ones by the, the, the chargers, the, the Cowboys, of course, the Cowboys featured Jerry Jones, just as, as every Cowboys production does, um, <laughs> the Falcons, um, a lot of Patriots, a lot of them put out the schedule videos, uh, and their schedule release videos. And, and those are fun. They, they, they just are clever. Um, and, uh, maybe we'll link to one or two of them in the show notes here. Um, so what about, but the schedule itself, uh, 17 games, one thing that struck me about it, God, it's going to be a long season, <laughs> man, um, for the season to begin on, uh, on September 12th and end January 9th, it's just one extra week, but it kind it seemed long to me when I saw the games laid out with 17 games and the bye. Um, and, and Herbie, I've got a question for you. Um, the, 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 Sam, you, you've got the, uh, the preseason games, right? So we know that the last preseason game is going to be on August 27th. It's a home game against the Vikings. The regular season doesn't start until September 12th. It occurs to me, there's a little more extra time in there than the usual Thursday to, you know, Sunday, Thursday to the following Sunday schedule that we normally have. What's, what's the explanation for that? 
You stumped me, Blair, because I don't know the explanation. I mean, just <laughs> Whenever they added the 17th game, they did not want to start the season earlier, and they did not want to start preseason yeah. later. So basically the bye week had to just fall where the fourth preseason game used to be. It's just been erased from the, every team's schedule. Well, it might have had something to do with Labor Day, too, because I'm not quite sure where Labor Day falls, but they never want to do games over Labor Day weekend. So it's always like the week after Labor Day or days after Labor Day is when they'll start a Thursday night rollout and then into the regular season. Yeah, I mean, uh, in the past, it's been last preseason game on a Thursday, and then basically the the cut the final cuts come by mm-hmm. what is it, Saturday, Sunday. I forgot exactly what day it is when the when the roster has to be down to um, you know to fifty three, and then and then you play that you know the first games that week. Well, now there's there's just additional time in there between the last preseason game and and the opener. So. I found that to be interesting. And, of course, there's only three preseason games this year. With the Chiefs playing nine home regular season games, they only get one home preseason game, and that's against the Vikings on on August 27th. Um, The other thing, a couple other things that I jotted down when I was reading about this, um, as you know, the the, the schedule release, they – They've, they've got um, five five primetime games, right? Three of them are on the road. Um, there's a stretch in their schedule where they play three straight at home. It's around the bye, right? They've got the Cowboys, mm-hmm. the bye, and then home games against the Broncos and, um, and like Vegas. And yeah. then they end the year with three out of four on the road. I don't – in that last game on January 9th at Denver – I can't imagine a colder place on the planet Earth than Denver on January 9th, but there it is. Um, did you guys see anything on the schedule that um, you know that, that made you kind of glance twice at? Well, I know when the only thing I, I Sam and I were on the same wavelength because once the schedule came out, he immediately texted me, <laughs> "Las Vegas, November the 14th. Outside of the Vegas trip. To me, the things that jump out on the schedule, the first two games, th- this, wow. The, the Browns for the season opener and then the Ravens, black and blue type games, physical type games. You catch a break between the, you know, they face the Chargers and the Eagles in week three and week four, two teams on the rebuild with first year coaches. But then you get the Bills, you get the, you get Washington, you get the Titans, you know, so five of their first seven games, playoff teams, and they're all physical. And so Patrick Mahomes is 10 and 0 for the month of September. They're going to need that magic to, to jumpstart the Chiefs. The Chiefs traditionally start fast under Mahomes, but they're definitely going to want to start fast this time. Yeah, I, th- I think what stood out to me was just the quality of opponents, especially home opponents. You know, last year, the Chiefs uh, at this time, when, you know, because they the Vegas still releases all the, the, the lines for the games way ahead of time. And when they did that before the season, the Chiefs were favored by at least 10 points in all eight home games. And this year, their season opener, they're favored five and a half. It would have been their best game on the schedule last year. And I, it's not their best game on the schedule this year. They play, you know, the, the Chiefs are the AFC favorites in Vegas, but the other three favorites, second, third, and fourth, um, in some order, I can't re- recall the exact order, are the Ravens, Bills, and Browns. And they play all three of those teams this year. So, um, we're, you know, it, it, it's always more interesting, I think, in the playoffs whenever they've played that team previously. We recall the way that 
their Super Bowl run in 2019. They'd already played the Titans and the Texans on their, and that those are the teams they played to get there. Um, I think if the Chiefs make another run at the Super Bowl, we're going to see something similar because they're scheduled. They're they're playing all the heavy hitters in the AFC this year. Yeah, you talk about uh, Herbie about their uh, fast starting nature, and that is the Chiefs have won six straight opening games in seven out of eight under Andy Reid. The only one they lost was his second season in that disaster game to the Titans where they, they lost two players to, to ACL injuries. Yeah. But um, the, the other uh, – w- one other thing that I noticed was this is the first time – you know. so we I mentioned they five primetime games. This is the first time since 2012 one of those – primetime games won't be against the Denver Broncos. They've played the Broncos in prime time, either on Sunday night, uh, Thursday night, or Monday night football every once a year since 2013. So every year Andy Reid's been there. Wow. Um, you got to go back to 2012 to find the last year that the Broncos and Chiefs didn't play a primetime game. So um, I, I think there's a statement being made by, you know, by the NFL that they, you know, they, they think the Chiefs and uh, there, there are other, other AFC West opponents that are more attractive to the, for the chiefs than, than the Denver Broncos. Well, there's particularly one quarterback who's now more attractive. Um, you know, I, I think Herbert's the real deal. So I'm looking yes. forward to the couple times they play the chargers. I, I know where these teams finished in the AFC West last year. And you know, the Broncos, if, if they can figure out the quarterback, if, if Drew Locke can, can be that guy, they've got a good roster otherwise. Um, but I still think that the Chargers are going to be their top competition in the AFC West. And I really should put that in air quotes because we know the competition hasn't really been there for the Chiefs under Andy Reid in the AFC West, especially over the last five, six years. So, I mean, I still think the Chiefs are going to win the division. But the Chargers are the games, the divisional games I'm suddenly looking most forward to. And it's because of the quarterback they got in L.A. Larry, you mentioned the primetime games. And the one thing that really jumped out to me was it, because it's a curious choice. Putting the New York Giants on the Monday Night Football game. I mean, they haven't made the playoffs since 2016. They're 18 and 46 over the last four seasons. This might be a snoozer. (laughs) That's the game that when I looked at the primetime games, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. That makes sense. The Giants? (laughs) Monday Night Football? Really? So I I don't know what the schedule makers were thinking there. And it goes back to the point you made earlier. You know, we were all a little surprised. The Packers and the Chiefs were not primetime games, but maybe the the clouds surrounding Aaron Rodgers had a lot to do with it. Maybe. I, I think that it, it seems like, um, and heck, you guys would probably be better references for this, but 10 years ago, and maybe it's a little bit longer, but the Monday night games were the games you looked for. Mm-hmm. And now the, the the prime billing of those primetime games are the Sunday night games. And the Chiefs have three of those, and no team has more than three. Um, but it, it seems like even more so that now the, that late afternoon window has surpassed the Monday night game for, as far as prime time. You know, and that's where we've seen this this opener against the Browns and the, the Packers game late in the season. I mean, the Chiefs only play seven noon kickoff games of their 17 games all year. And so even though the, the other ones might not be considered prime time, because I think a team can get seven. So I think maybe we thought, you know, five's a lot. But I, I thought maybe they would give the Chiefs the max because of that. But I, I think that they view that standalone late afternoon game. You know, our, our own Pete Gradoff always tells you that the, which part of the country are getting the Chiefs. 
And every time they play at 325, it's basically the entire country is getting that football game. So I, I just I, I think the broadcast networks are, are coveting those spots as much as the, the Monday night matchups. I mean, Herbie mentioned it, that the Chiefs Giants does, doesn't really excite me. And I wonder how many people it does excite. But when you look at that entire Monday night football schedule, I mean, the opener is the Ravens Raiders. I mean, that's not a, really a game that that excites me either. So I just I, I think that late afternoon is, is sort of taking precedence over Monday night. You're right. When you um, when I look at TV ratings, the um, you know obviously the, the primetime games are standalone, right? Uh, Sunday night, yeah. Thursday night, Sunday, and Monday night. But but the the windows on Sunday, the, the the first and the second windows are viewed as you know that's uh, you know we get ratings for those windows as well. And when a like a, say an afternoon game a three. 325 kickoff is just one of two or three games in that window. And that game's going to, you know, 85 or 90% of the country. Then I, I think that scene has seen as valuable as a prime time game. And they can do a rating that's, that's massive. And in that game, I believe would be on CBS. I don't know. Is that a CBS game or a Fox game? I'm not sure. The, uh, the opener? No, the, the Packers game. Uh, the the Packers is a Fox game. Fox, okay. It, it is the late afternoon window. Right. Same, okay. same with the Cowboys and Browns. I mean, those are also that late afternoon. Steelers home game is the late afternoon window. Those are so, massive ratings. They'll they'll do they'll, they'll do yeah. massive ratings. So, um, and we're, while we're on the topic of primetime games, no Broncos, but Chargers and Raiders each primetime uh, opponents for for the Chiefs this year. So. Um, and the other the other observation I had was how I think the buy comes at a good time for the Chiefs, not just for the team, but for people that's you know for the that, Chiefs that, riders, yeah, the Chiefs <laughs> riders, <laughs> yeah, those who cover the Chiefs. It really is a good time because it's the Thanksgiving, uh, it's the Thanksgiving weekend, and I can remember this from uh, several years ago. The Chiefs had their buy in the fifth week. It was like the first time, first week you could take a buy and. Uh, they had just come off a loss at Pittsburgh, a big loss. May have been Andy Reid's worst loss until the Super Bowl. And it just seems stupid to have a bye after four regular season games. This one comes, I can't, becomes week obvious. 12. Is that week 12? Yeah. I just think they'll, that's, that's a good time to have one. Especially given their first seven games. You know, you get the opportunity in week 12 to now go ahead and re-energize, get healthy if they have any hurt players for that all-important stretch run. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Blair. Week 12 is good, and the other point I agree with, Sam, it's good for the riders. <laughs> riders with families especially, Sam. Um, yeah. All right, guys, let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars' award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. 
Back with Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell, and uh, we've been talking Chiefs schedule. Let's switch gears. There's been some uh, some news with the Chiefs the uh, last few days. Uh, let's start with news about a former Chief, Eric Fisher, signing with the Colts, a one-year deal uh, for nine, $9.4 million. He has been signed to protect uh, Carson Wentz's blindside, and all I can remember here, you know, but when I read this story, the, the, the thing that I remembered was, you know, uh, Brett Beach at one of the news conferences saying they thought Fisher was going to be back sooner than we thought based on uh, on the injury that he, that he suffered, the Achilles tendon tear in the AFC title game. But I don't know. I mean, what, what are the Colts getting themselves into here? Is, is he going to be He's not going to be ready for the season opener, is he? I mean, that's Herbie. That's that's really uh, unrealistic expectation, I think. Yeah, I think it's an unrealistic expectation for him to be ready for the regular season. Um, the Colts did sign Sam Tevy, <coughs> free agent tackle from the Chargers, I believe, and then so you know because of their other left tackle retiring. But you know, there were some reports out there that they're expecting him to potentially be ready by October. And that's a little bit more realistic. And it also is in line with what the Chiefs were telling us. Well, not necessarily in line because they thought he could be ready by August, which caused a lot of us to raise our eyebrows. <clears throat> but the October timeline is a little bit more realistic if that's what they're looking for. The key thing for him landing with the Colts, he's, he's reuniting with Chris Ballard. And we all know Ballard was here in Kansas City from 2013 to 16. So, you know, he was part of that group that, made him the number one overall pick. So they know what, he, what he's about. They know what he can bring to the table if he's healthy. That, the, the, the thing that surprised me most about the Eric Fisher thing was the money. I mean, he, he's getting over $9 million. Um, I just thought that would be – he would have to sign some sort of incentive-laden contract that would be based on how many games he played. To see him get $9 million, I mean, they're, they're paying him like they certainly expect him to be healthy this year. Um, it, you know – when you talk to people that are in this business, I mean, they, they expected that a guy would, would come back from an Achilles injury and, and at least be at practice before the season started and could play this year. The question is, at what level? I mean, a left tackle having that injury at his age, I mean, he's in his 30s now. That's going to be tough to, to, to repeat what he was doing pre-injury. If they're looking at October, the timeline kind of makes sense. He starts off the season on the pup list. And then, you know, he gets that window where he's able to return to practice and then he gets the medical clearance that would put him around October timeframe. So that absolutely makes sense as well. He, you know, he, even if he's able to do some kind of work at training camp, but that remains to be seen. I mean, the chiefs doctors, you have to have confidence looked at all of his medicals, of course, and they, they made this determination as well. When is he going to be ready and what, at what level can he play? And he's a guy that's been in their system for so long that you know that if they thought he's going to return to his exact same level and he's going to be ready by, you know, pretty early in the season, that you felt like that would have been the guy the Chiefs just would have brought back. And I think them not bringing him back tells you that what, what they thought of his ability to get back to where he was. Two-time Pro Bowler. Wasn't he a Pro Bowler this past year when he voted to the Pro Bowl? Um but two-time Pro Bowler in his eight seasons. Remember, he was the overall number one pick in, yeah. in, in 2013. Uh, and there's one of my favorite stats. Uh, the Chiefs had, a, over the last was it two seasons, a phenomenal record when he plays and when he starts. And I think I 27-3 and three maybe 
and five and four when he doesn't, um, or something like that. Uh, it, it's it really is remarkable how um, uh, that, uh, that 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 particular statistic. So, all right, let's um, uh, let's switch gears and talk about uh, this. Is one of the uh, kind of the neat things that the Chiefs do. I, I really they, they we've seen it. Uh, they do this a handful of times over the last couple of years. And that's bring back players on a one-day contract so they can retire as Kansas City Chiefs. We saw it with Jamal Charles, Derek Johnson, Dwayne Bowe in the last few years, and we saw it this week with Tom Bahali, and uh, you know had a had a terrific career for the Chiefs. 12, uh, 12 seasons that he was their first-round draft pick out of Penn State, I think, in two thousand and six. Ended up with uh, what, 89 and a half career sacks and that ties for second all time uh, with the franchise. Just a, just a good move, Herbie, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. When, when you think of the defenses in the mid-2000s and then even into the early decade uh, from 2010 to around 2014, you know, you thought about Derek Johnson, Eric Barron, and then the next guy always in that conversation was Tom Bahali. You know, I think of those defenses and how this Chiefs, this Chiefs offense right now, if they had that defense, my goodness, they probably would have won four straight Super Bowls. Tom Bahali, you know, one of the heart and souls in that locker room, one of the clear leaders uh, on the field, a phenomenal player, off the field in the locker room. What a fantastic interview. I mean, this guy, Tom Bahali was the kind of guy, from a media point of view, after the scrum was over, would patiently – if you said, hey, I have a couple more questions, he would just patiently take, you know, talk to you. And I'm going to go back to our former colleague, Therese. Therese had such a great relationship with Tom Bahali. You still love his impersonation of Tom was his deep voice. But yeah, Holly was one of a kind. Um, a great player, used to even work with other players. Don't remember, he was teaching Joey Bosa martial arts on the field and how to, you know, how to incorporate that with the pass rush. You know, for for a player to do that with a guy who's on a separate team, that just speaks a lot about him. He was, of course, you had uh, uh, in his heyday, he and Justin Houston on the other side. So that was yeah, quite Houston, a, I forgot about him. <laughs> quite a pass rushing tandem. Um, I'll tell you what. I one thing I remember is when the Chiefs made him their first round pick, it wasn't very popular. He was, uh, you know, it was seen as a little bit of a reach and. Uh, he wasn't well known to Chiefs fans. Uh, I think he was number twenty overall, and there was actually some booing at the at the Chiefs gathering for, at party that they had for, uh, for for the draft that year. But he turned out to be an excellent player, and uh, he'll be in the Ring of Honor, the Hall of Fame, whatever they're calling it these days. One of these days, he'll he'll be up there as well. And um, uh, I I I think it's a great move by the Chiefs. Like I said, it's one of the neat things that they do. And they make, of course, they make a big deal out of on their media with, um, you know, with him signing the contract, coming on the field, sort of walking around the field for one last time. Uh, very nice gesture by the Chiefs, and um, and congratulations on a on a great career uh, by Tamba Hali. So, what are the, what's next for the Chiefs? Uh, we got some, you know, we've got some action on the practice field coming up here really soon, don't we, Herbert? Yeah, on Friday is the start of the three-day uh, rookie mini camp, uh, so we'll be getting access all three days. They'll take a break after that, and then they're right smack in the OTAs. But yeah, we are at the heart of the off-season workout program, where the teams, you know, would like to see players on the field. Yeah, and um, 
This is uh, for, for the rookie minicamp. Do you, you think it's, it's not just the draft class? It's um, or undrafted free agents. It's invited players as well. I mean, it's there's going to be a lot of players out there. Yeah, there's, your hope is you have enough to run team drills. <laughs> you know, because that remains to be seen. If that's the case, but you know how many players are actually showing up. But you know, we'll get a good view of that. Sam will be out there on Friday, and then I'll take Saturday and Sunday. But we should we should have a good idea of how many players are out there. Can we give a uh, a uh, a call for the Chiefs to give us a roster so that we can actually know who's out there before Friday? I mean, we've got less than twenty four hours now. It'd be great to to be able to take some attendance out there. You mean, you mean with numbers and everything? Numbers, yeah, yeah. Numbers would be incredible, yeah. <laughs> Maybe even some alma maters too. Just the whole thing. You uh, you're getting greedy here, Sam. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, Herbie Tiope, Sam McDowell, thanks for the conversation. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, Blair. Thanks, Blair. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Herbie Tiope and Sam McDowell for stopping by and talking Chiefs and the schedule. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we've got another deal for you you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus many more stories that appear on the website only, and certainly all the stories appear first on the website. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And it's a great time to subscribe. You can read about what's going on with the Chiefs. they got rookie minicamp coming up this week, as you just heard. The Royals, the colleges, our soccer teams, much more. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product, sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And I know it's a lot of dots and dashes and addresses, but if you're having trouble hunting down any of the offers, just send me an email bkirkoff at kcstar.com and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports KC. Thanks for listening and we'll be back on Friday with another episode.